Welcome to today's episode of The Power of Reinvention. I'm Kathy Sharp Ross, and we're here to talk with my guests about the dreams, the visions, and the passions that individuals have every day and dare to explore them. Whether it's business or personal, you're entitled to live the life that you want, and no matter the circumstances, you have the power to create success, fulfill your dreams, and live with passion. That's what I'm talking about. So dare greatly and happy reinventing, folks. Let's do this. Welcome. I'm Kathy Sharpross, your host, and I am so excited to have Jeff Ben as my guest on today's podcast, The Power of Reinvention. Welcome to my show, Jeff. Thank you for being here. Kathy, I'm looking forward to all that we're going to unpack in these coming minutes. So my, I just, you know, for those who don't know, this show uh, was really born out of my fascination with the ability for people to explore how they could reinvent their lives. As many of you may know, I published a book at the beginning of um, last year, ironically, did not intend for it to be at the beginning of the pandemic. The book is called Reinvent Your Life. What are you waiting for? And since the pandemic did happen, instead of going on book tour, I actually brought the book tour to me and started to do the Reinvention Virtual Chat series and have interviewed hundreds of people over the last probably five years, getting their stories, hearing about what really inspired and motivated them to either make a change or be forced to live through a change that they didn't expect. And through the resilience, really being able to figure out how to live our best lives. And uh, there are power tools and stories and anecdotes in everything that we do. And I'm super excited to have you on the show today, Jeff, because I think that there are some incredible stories in the life you have been living. And I think there's also some incredible business opportunities for you and I in the work that we both do every day. So let's do this. Let's have this conversation. Yeah. Um, this maybe is an odd can... jump, but I'm, I'm begging yeah. to ask this one question. So Please. I'm looking at your book cover yes. and it's a cool guy. I've been looking at it the whole time. So one part looks like a, a squiggly ball of yarn or a rubber band ball. And the other part's just this like circle with all those bands and you know, like a donut shape. What, Tell me about that. that. I mean, mean, there's an obvious metaphor there, but yeah. yeah, it's pretty powerful. Thank you for pointing that out. I have an amazing designer. His name is Mark Friedland. He's a dear friend. And when I came to him and said, would you please work on my book brand visuals and title? He said, I thought you'd never ask. I've known you forever. I love you. And I really want to put my heart into this. So I was really privileged to have that. He's one of the best in the business. And so... This really speaks to being in a place of maybe clutter or confusion or messiness or trying to figure out what we're doing with our lives to that moment of clarity, but we're always who we are. So it's that same piece of yarn. It's that same piece of string. We're always the same person, but we go through different states. And sometimes life is messy and we're trying to figure things out and there's a lot of gray area. And then we have moments of clarity that help get us to where we want to be. And so it's us in our very many different states of being. And yet it's always us. Yes, that's so true. I, I, I thought you were going to point to the Quincy Jones <laughs> piece there. He wrote my forward, which was quite a privilege for me as well. So I don't, I don't know who Quincy Jones is. Does I feel unqualified? He is one of the greatest. Um, gosh, how do we? He's like the godfather of the music world. 
really. He is the man behind Michael Jackson. He is the man behind probably most of the great artists of our time. And he's an extraordinary human being. And he himself has such an incredible story, but he's such a believer in, you know, the fact that we can do anything. We can create the life that we want. And he's living proof of that. And he's so beloved and he's an amazing human. And it's just a wonderful thing to have that kind of inspiration. We've worked on some projects together. So that was sort of my opportunity to ask if he wanted to weigh in a little bit on this this conversation about life and reinvention and, you know, living, living our best lives. And, you know, I think we're all entitled to do that. I've had 32 years of running my own business and it's not without it's 24 seven working. I've never stopped working for a day in my life, but when you love what you do, it just is okay. And it feels good most of the time. So that's, that's what that's about. Very nice. Very nice. So, all right. I want to hear your story. I want you to share a little bit about, you know, you, you've got this incredible company. Um, you've gone through some pretty major personal life changes recently. You've had some reinventions in your life. Why don't you give us a little background on you, Jeff? For sure. I think um, the theme of my life is just been, I think a lot of times we are born into a place and we, we didn't choose where we were born, our culture, or our name even. And a lot of times we we stay in the same socioeconomic class or definitely uh, adopt the beliefs of the cultures we've been around. And a lot of them are fine, right? Like I don't want to drive on the wrong side of the road. I want everybody to stop at the stop sign. Like I'm grateful for the grocery store, but other stuff is pure preference and choice. And, you know, I found um, many times in my life and I try to do this now, I just never question it. And so religion had been a super big theme in my life. Um, you know, a couple years ago, I went through a divorce after being married 17 and a half years with four kids. And um, both uh, my ex's parents and my parents are, are married and the siblings are all like that whole Christian, if you don't do it this way, you've, you've messed up kind of thing. So that's been a major uh, turning point. But those were all scripts like on sexuality, on religion, on like what we should do with our career, which is how I became an entrepreneur. And I find that, you know, we can live our life on autopilot and perhaps for some of us, and I don't think it's the listeners on your show, that's fine. But for others of us, we need to have our own awakening, right? Because you talked about that energy that's always inside us. That's essence is always there. And I find in life, if we don't like wake up and question certain things, like the, the marriage is no longer serving us. We tried the last seven years of 17 to make it work. We like did everything. Um, or how I started my company. I got the computer science degree. I went to the college where my dad was a professor, all great things, right? Here in Jacksonville, Florida, loved it. But then I ended up at this corporate job at this municipality in town. And while I love some of the people there, I was like, man, I have to stay here for 30 more years to collect this thing called a pension. Like I have to drive 45 minutes to work one way and 45 back and, you know, spend all day there. So that's kind of been the theme of uh, my life is just, I don't know, questioning the scripts and kind of unearthing them and realigning. So at those crossroads, when you were trying to figure out what's next, how did you, how did you tap into what you wanted to be doing and how did you get to be working with this incredible creative agency that you have? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think we all kind of know like who we are and, and what we need to do and how that gets manifested. Their exact steps on the pathway there become clear as you do them. 
how I got out of corporate, and this was reflected back to me actually on another podcast because I I was in a civil service place, right? I was in a mis- municipality, water, wastewater, this, that, another 2,000 people there, a uh, 200-person IT department. I work there, but I'm a flaming creative, right? I'm a musician. I minored in graphic design. I, I learned Spanish for fun in my college years and still speak it fluently. And that wasn't the place for me. So on paper, it looked really good, right? Pension, right? Worked there for 30 years, get 80% of your salary for life. Heck, you can even retire earlier years. Uh, stable How did you job. Know that? I want to just ask you, because I think so many people are living that life. It was one of the reasons that I actually stopped and had this epiphany 10 years ago to write this book because I feel like a lot of people wake up too late in their lives. I mean, I really don't believe it's ever too late to reinvent your life, but they wake up later in their lives and they don't realize they haven't had the epiphany that you had. How do you how do you listen to that? How do you hear it? How do you not keep sweeping it under the rug? What is that feeling that makes you question whether you're going to just stay on that hamster wheel or not. Yeah, a lot of suffering because <laughs> life can start sucking, right? Um, you know, work's called work. And, and and even for me, like it's called a job. It's not called vacation. It's not called endless time off in sunshine. So to some degree, like take work or career is going to have some trial and pain. But at some point when we're just like living for that paycheck or just dread it so much or uh, have to come home and like numb ourselves with alcohol or things like that. To me, that's a sign. Um, to me, a lot of times that we don't have to necessarily radically go into another field or do that eat, love, pray thing with work, but there's other pockets of our life we haven't manifested. For example, I was a professional musician for, gosh, nearly two decades, right? I started in 11th grade in high school, played at church, led worship at church, and that was a whole nother beautiful vein in my life where, yeah, I got paid a little money, but I always kind of gave it back to the church because it paled in you know comparison to like having a normal job. And, and so that was kind of a way I kept an other part alive or took a step to like have both going on right a job yeah, and so. did you ever want to convert your love for music into what might have been a career in the music space no way and that's where i'm going we can have like pleasurable activities like i love nature i live by the beach so uh, i'm fortunate to live close enough where i've been able to walk the whole time so like even that element you don't have to necessarily making a living out of it right because life's a wheel right uh, works one part, spirituality is one part, like family is one part, finances. So I find if we can, you know, get that wheel dialed in, that life can be pretty fulfilling, even if we have a job that we perhaps kind of need to stay at. Have or you read my book? Perhaps can't change too much. <laughs> you're <pretty laughs> I need to. From the book. Well, no, yeah. you know, you're you're speaking the book, and you know, I love that you're really pointing this out because our whole selves what we bring to life, what we bring to ourselves are all of those pieces. Yeah, for sure. And I find that we'll just not be aware of them. Like we'll just wake up, do the same stupid morning routine every day, like barely get out of the house or we're like, no, we need to work out. And workout doesn't mean, you know, do some massive program and hire a trainer, this, that, and other. It could mean that for you if you're in that hungry of a state or a state, but like, literally just get out and walk and move, like ride your bike, go on a hike in a park, like speed walk, uh, do a stretching routine. As I've gotten older, like I've gotten into stretching when I had to go to rehab for some time. So I think a lot of times just taking a little baby step or just yeah. taking action on that feeling, right? Because a lot of times 
you know, diet in America is terrible, right? Any restaurant you go to has enough food for like three people. It's covered in like, you know, sugar, salt, or fat. And trust me, I love it. But, you know, even that one, we always know we need to be doing something, but like we won't take a baby step, like incorporate a salad or at least download some, you know, calorie counter, whatever it is. So many diet methodologies not work. Reach but just, for that one piece of bread at the yeah. meal, you know, like avoid it instead of having it, right? Yeah. So that's just a little area with diet or like physical fitness, right? Doesn't have to be this big thing. And so, yeah, I kind of like the idea of taking baby steps and just being hyper aware. And to answer your question, like, how do you know when you need to move? Well, when you start feeling like really bad about how you look, and I'm not talking about self-esteem issue, but like, I don't know, you just look at some pictures five years ago and you're just like, man, this is like, not me. I could be better. Well, that's the call right there to take a baby step. And I think that can happen in any area of life if we're listening. Right. And I love that you said, I mean, you're really touching on so many of the key themes that I talk about. Listening is everything and being able to tap in to what we're saying and not sweep it under the rug and not ignore it. We hear these little voices gnawing away at us. I, I often say that, you know, if you're looking at other people's social media pages or talking to your friends and all you keep hearing yourself saying is, wow, lucky them, look at what they're doing. I wish I could do that. Wouldn't that be great if I could? That we need to start hearing that a little bit better and we need to really start acting on that and creating the why. You know, what What was your why to sort of drive you to make those changes, to live this inspired life? Yeah, so I, and I feel like, if you're like me, like almost every entrepreneur says this, but it's autonomy and freedom. But it's funny, I, I, I saw this analogy, right? To have freedom, you have to have a cage, right? Because like picture like a, a piece of paper, right? If I just put a bird in there, like versus like, maybe I'm saying the analogy wrong. Like you have to have freedom from something. So if I draw a picture and I put a cage there and I put a bird, like that's freedom, right? Not doing nothing. So I had to have freedom from that work environment. I had to have freedom for uh, driving 45 days one way, for being told when to show up, how to show up, what to wear, for you know being in a place where honestly, they, they let people stick around forever and people needed to be fired and they wouldn't. So I needed freedom from that. And I knew I could produce work on my own. I knew uh, at the time, I, I so I ran a website and digital marketing agency and at the time in 2005 websites were really taking off and i was like man i can run these projects actually see them finish i can you know work from my home or a little office i eventually got and so uh autonomy is one of those things i'm one of those people where you know if you tell me what to do like i'll ask for help or collaborate if i need to but i don't need to be micromanaged on how to do it so that's kind of one of the main reasons i went out on my own of course you can leave one mouse trap and build another if you're not careful which is how i've like fired myself from like roles i no longer do or you know the business runs without my day to day but that's kind of been the journey i was on as an entrepreneur well, that's a great point that you make. I've been running my own business for 32 years. So, you know, I've lived the entrepreneur's life my entire life. Um, I love you said that you've fired yourself from roles. I'd like permission to do that, please, because I feel like we do as entrepreneurs think that we need to do it all. Um, and it's so important to surround ourselves with the right people. So starting your own business, uh, that is no easy feat. Um, especially when you haven't done it naturally your entire life. So what were some of the challenges there? What made you not only confident to do it, but what were the stepping stones? So many people listening to this are saying, yeah, I'd like to bust out of my corporate job and I'd like to start a business, but you know, and I hear this every day, 
how do I do it? And, you know, I'm not going to get health benefits and I'm not going to have a secure salary and it's a 24 seven thing. So there's a lot of daunting aspects that one thinks and, and rightfully so come with being an entrepreneur. So how did you sort of step into that? Yeah. So yes and no. So it's kind of interesting. People are like, oh, your job's so unstable. Well, two of my you know, former uh, brother-in-laws had these high-powered regional sales jobs. Well, they were only one acquisition away from A, getting a job they don't like or getting laid off. And granted, they perhaps get a severance and have time to retool. But like right now we have like 30 active clients, I think like close to a hundred clients with website hosting. So my situation is never going to go from a hundred to zero, right? So there's a misnomer right there. And then two, I have a boss. <laughs> it's called the sales forecast in, in, in collections, right? And having a profit, right? If a business can have a sales pipeline, collect on that money and have some kind of profit or some kind of you know lifestyle for everybody, it can succeed. So it's kind of funny. People are like, oh my God, it's so risky, this, that, and other. Well, here's the deal. If you're sitting in a job you don't like, here's what I did. So I, I was in my mid-20s. I was like, all right, I'm going to moonlight for a while on the side. And websites were really popping then. There was like no Squarespace or do it yourself. So I was a computer science guy. So I had a, a skill that was needed at the time. And I was like, if I can moonlight for six months, put in about 15 hours a week um, and, and prove that I can line up, say, two or three months of income. I had a wife and a one-year-old at the time, and I was the breadwinner, right? She was the homemaker. Um, I'll give it a go. And here's the thing. Everybody's like, oh, well, you give up the super stable thing. I left on really good terms, right? So let's just say you're in the mortgage industry right now and it's blowing up and you want to leave and go do something else. Well, if you leave on good terms and you have enough savings or at least enough income coming in from whatever hustle you're starting on for six or 12 months, you can always go back after 12 months. It's not like you've antiquated yourself from That's the market, right? So I left right on point. good terms. Yeah, They didn't want me to leave, right? But they were right. cool about it. They were like, go for it. They literally, a year and a half later, were like, hey man, if you want this cushy position, come grab it, you know, just being nice. And to this day, I'm still in touch with the CIO. Remember I was in the IT department. She yeah. moved on after about 15 years. So a couple of things there. One, you can always go back to the career you had. Uh, two, I bootstrapped it with some like money we got from some grandma. And three, I had a little bit of a pipeline uh, built up. I learned that when projects don't finish, the money doesn't come in and not everybody's ready to finish, but that's kind of how I did it. So I feel like give yourself six months or a year and you know, get your finances such a way, or if you're in a relationship with dual income or can, you know, burn through a little savings that you're willing to lose, like give it a go. Cause you can or always go back to what it. you did. I mean, you can also plan for it. You can sit here today and there are five minute reinventions and 10 year reinventions. If you have to put that money in the coffee jar, uh, don't have Starbucks yeah. every week, make a plan, work it at night, research what you need to start to gather the experience, volunteer in that chocolate shop. If that's what you want to do, you know, do the do the work um find the mentors i don't know if you had mentors along the way that you just you know were your go-to people where you were like hey this is what i'm trying to figure out what do you think what do you know what can you share with me with their mentors in your life yeah so i, I was just recently asked like what's uh, a, a big do ever you'd have in hindsight and that was not getting like coaching or mentoring soon enough so no not at all and i barely went to conferences obviously i knew a thing or two and had enough self discipline to stay at it but oh gosh the power of like small masterminds or coaches is insanely good it always costs money so it always feels like oh it's going to cost me but oh my god can you ever compress time and not feel so lonely on your journey 
So I waited way too long on that. Now I have a lot of that going on and I'm almost never without a coach. And it's not that I have some guru or someone like I'm following their, their, you know, rover around, but like, you know, it's so much better like doing it with, with some objective, uh, you know, unbiased input, looking back at what you have going on. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, what would you say are the weaknesses in, in your world that hinder you from doing more of what you want to do? So I'm at an interesting point right now, to be honest, and I, I don't get to unpack this this much. So I'm on year 16 of running the agency. There's about 10 of us and it largely runs without my day-to-day involvement. I, I finally got sales off my plate a little over a year ago, so I don't have to do any of that. We haven't cracked the uh, marketing and leads thing. So that one is is one where we've relied on word of mouth, this, that, and other, and the pandemic has brought some recurring revenue hits. So that is one that needs to be cracked. But also, I'm in a place where I want to give back, right? So I want to launch a co-work space here in Jacksonville, Florida. I started this group called Converge, and I've done a, some series of like 90-day mentorings for younger millennial and Gen Z entrepreneurs. So Amazing. that's really where my passion and my heart is. And I'm in this crux now where I've kind of escaped the business um, um, but we've kind of been checked with some weaknesses in our legion and marketing. And uh, and then I've taken baby steps towards this co-work space and towards mentoring, but I'm, I'm kind of caught in the middle. And uh, I was looking at uh, your book cover and the circle and the noise. And I thought, man, that's an area of my life where I really need to push through this block because right. it's pretty easy at times to like cruise with my business and I've earned the right to do it. And it's easy at times to march forward with the mentoring thing, which I've done. But at some point you got to go heads down down and really do it. With that said, I'm super proud. We've launched a podcast with the agency. I've been guesting on other podcasts. I ran an amazing uh, mentoring program back in the fall that's been met with success. So I have been taking the steps there, but yeah, I'm in one of those up or down right now. And I top that. all that well, off. With, and is it, yeah, is it up or down or is it just that evolution really of what are the yeah. next steps? And are you putting a, that roadmap together? You know, I talk about the 10 step reinvention roadmap that it takes to really go through the steps and do the work. And I think we all find that we talk a lot about what we want to do and where we want to go, but we're not taking pen to paper and we're not creating those baby steps that it takes to sort of get through each of those milestones to get there. And sometimes an exercise like that, it sounds so simple, but it also gives us so much clarity. We talk about, you know, clutter to clarity. It does give us that clarity to really figure out how to get to each point to get us to where we're trying to go with that. So maybe that's something you and I can even spend more time chatting about. I need to read your book. I love the branding on the book and the colors too. So that's attracting me to it. Yeah, you're totally right. And, And you mentioned earlier, like, how do you know when you need to make change? Well, with the marketing agency, I like love it. And I've loved like getting into the leadership aspect of it. So there's certain parts of it I like, but I've done it a really long time. And to be honest with you, I could care less about websites and digital marketing. Like I care about them, but there's other people on the team who do it. I've done it so long. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's been a pain that's been driving me. And part of that was I built the business so I could kind of like step away from the day to day. And that's been rewarding. You're like the the PT Barnum. You you need to keep, it sounds like you need to keep feeding that machine for you because you are that passionate person and you want to create and be visionary. And that's great. You know, it's, I, I run so many businesses and do so many things. I totally appreciate really? and get that because I love to create. I have an extraordinary team that supports all the work that I do and works. I, I mean, I talk to every client every day, but it's still, 
there, it allows space to continue to dream, continue to grow, to continue to explore what else is out there. For me, that's what reinvention is all about. It's like, wow, my life is awesome. What else is there? It's a big world. It's fun to be curious and have this sense of adventure and find what else can be out there. And it sounds like that is very much where you're at right now. You're like, what else am I going to do? And how can I pour my heart into that? Yeah. And so two things. One is, is the, the pain of the burnout of the day-to-day of the business, like knowing that I'm not glancing back there and I other people to build that up. But then um, I'm, I'm, you mentioned like it not feeling like work. Well, when I mentor others and I give back, I'm making money off the agency. So I don't need a penny yet from that. Eventually I'd like to make money from that, but I kind of come alive and it doesn't feel like work and I'm not worried about the clock and things like that. So that's one thing. And then two, you know, a couple of years ago, I got divorced after it's almost two years to the head, uh, 17 and a half years of marriage and four kids and a lot of religion. So gosh, a lot of identity things, being a praise and worship leader, you know, walking away from that, um, you know, subscribing to that ideal of marriage, like is to death do us part and forever in the end. So that's been a big thing too. So going through a lot of grief on that personally, and then too being at a place in the career where I can move into the mentoring, into the co-work and do that and get out of the day to day. So there's been two big things. So once again, when I was looking at the little knot of yarn on your book, and then looking at the yarn beautifully laid out in an organized circle, I was like, yeah, that's, I feel like I'm in a, a place, a reinvention place right now for sure. That's amazing. That that's our journey. And and I think we constantly go back and forth between the two. So right as we get to this place of clarity, new things come into our world, new things come into our life that create questions, that create opportunities, that create curiosity or whatever it is. And, you know, that's the beauty, it the fluidity of being able to do that. And, you know, you said early in our conversation, or maybe it was before we hopped on that you are a life architect. And I just love that, that visual of building and creating life as we want it. And with all parts of ourselves, you know, to be in a job that may not be something you're passionate about, but to be able to fulfill your life with so many other things that are going to nurture your soul. It's going to make you love going to work on a Monday morning and having a skip in your step and being passionate about what you do. For sure. And with the job thing, like even with my current role, there's limitations right now, or say you're in a job that you can't leave, like you can retool your attitude towards your job. And I think even intraday or intra week, you can have a transformation because I, it's so cliche, but it really is about perspective, right? I'm the one who takes a, a, a thought or an emotion attaches like, you know, decades of stories to it when it's really right. just an event, right? So I've been really kind of trying to watch my thoughts. And the reason is this, you know, someone said we'll be very wise about what we put in our mouth or not eat pizza too much or over drink or Hollywood celebrities will like gate themselves in to stay protected, but they won't control what's in their mind. So as soon as the story hits TMZ, they have a meltdown or uh, myself, I'll watch what I eat and what I do, but I won't control the the thoughts in my mind. So I think there's a whole lot of power in, you know, shaping our thinking and being aware of our thinking and, and looking at things with a proper perspective. I think without that, you can't properly reinvent because you're going to be tied to too many old stories, or old ways of doing things, right? And letting things go 
um, there's a lot of comfort even in painful things or painful cycles. So even something as simple as starting an exercise routine or starting journaling in the morning or putting in the time for a hustle before you're seeing any kind of fruit from it, right? So I've been really thinking about like, you know, what, what thoughts am I feeding? How am I looking at things as I go to transform? Because transforming, in my opinion, a, a lot of it, yeah, is looking forward, but a lot of it is like leaving behind some things you always did or do or have brought you comfort. I love that. I, I, I want to ask you if you have some advice along those lines for people that are trying to maybe break habits and form new habits. And I know we have to wrap up in a moment, so maybe this this would be a great sort of note to end on, but what kind of advice can you give to folks out there that are listening? For sure. So the first thing is this, thoughts are abstract, right? So the moment we write something down in journaling or we confide in a friend or go to a counselor, we have to give them some shape and some form and some book in. So I find journaling to be super powerful, right? And there's all kinds of journal guides out there, but you know, free journaling, open stream journaling, journaling on what the ideal day would look, or if I had a million dollars, or if I left this relationship that's toxic is super These powerful. Are power tools in my book, by the way. <laughs> yeah. So journaling and quiet time are a huge one. And then, you know, if you got a coach or a mentor, a safe place to unpack that stuff, it's not in your head anymore. So I'm not talking about a, a rant session with your, you know, your, your friend group or, you know, getting into a parent son relationship, which is great, but you know, there's a pattern there, but someone who can truly help a counselor, a coach, a mentor, where you can, you know, get someone on your side and sort through your stuff. Right. Cause I think a lot of times it's just in our head. So for me, like journaling and getting out on paper and then finding someone to unpack that with, maybe do the Simon Sinek book, uh, you know, start with why, or it sounds like your book's a great tool right. to do it. And 20, actually follow through with that. power tools that are going to help you do that in there. So definitely. I'm going to read your book. It sounds like we're speaking the same language. So yeah. for mine, it'd be the journaling, right? Get yeah. out there and journal every morning. Stream of conscience. Love write that. it down. Yeah. Get prompts. Write it down. There's a, bit, a lot of science behind that, actually. And, you know, the writing with your hand versus the computer mm -hmm. also makes a huge difference. Um, no, that's fantastic. I love that. Jeff, there's so much more we could talk about here. I just love this conversation. Unfortunately, we have to wrap it up. Um, this has been incredible to meet you and to have you be a part of the Power of Reinvention podcast. I'm super excited. We're going to include information on how to reach out to Jeff and his agency, Create Studios, and um, that'll be in the show notes. And I just want to thank everybody for listening in today. This is the Power of Reinvention podcast. If you want to see former episodes, reinvention virtual chat series that we do, or how to buy my book, just go to the reinventionexchange.com. I'm thrilled to be able to connect with all of you, to inspire you, to encourage you to dare greatly and enjoy life. And happy reinventing everybody. Jeff, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Kathy. Thanks for listening to The Power of Reinvention. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Wouldn't mind a five-star review. It would be greatly appreciated. Also, be sure to visit thereinventionexchange.com to share your reinvention stories, suggest a guest, join the newsletter mailing list, get access to my book, which is called Reinvent Your Life, What Are You Waiting For?, and discover fantastic bonus content with my blogs and listen in to the Reinvention Virtual Chat series. Don't forget to join me next week for another episode. Please share with a friend and thank you for listening. Happy reinventing.